This is the municipal. Have you been paying attention to like city stuff? Don't vote, can't bitch. Sorry to uh, to point that finger at you. My answer was that would be yes and no. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it, and two, you're robbing them of their their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to vote. And welcome to another episode of the Municipals. I'm Matthew. I'm Philip. And we are we're tired today. This week, I think, was a slow week. It was a boring week. Um, we are expecting a guest. I'm not sure how long it's going to take her to log on, but uh, until then, Philip, man, how was your week? It's it's been a long week. A long, ah, a busy, busy work week. But I mean, you know, nothing exciting. Um, for me, you know, based on, you know, what I said last week, you know, now family get togethers are even tough. You know, we had a birthday party in the family and, you know, it was more like, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to go if this person shows up or, and then another person's like, well, I don't want to be there if this person's going to show up because y'all can't fucking get along. And, you know, some of it's for good reason, but some of it isn't. But anyway. <laughs> Families are complicated. Very, very complicated. You know, since it was a slow week, I was thinking maybe we could uh, just shoot the shit, I guess, and, and do some, Unless you've got something you want to talk about that is political. You know what? I would say it, it's both. It's political and it's a bit shooting the shit. And uh, so I think that'll that'll fit in nicely. All right, go so, ahead. I'm 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 waiting with bated breath. Let's let's call it. <laughs> I've I've got. I think you're gonna find this interesting. Uh, in that I do I have, I have some thoughts and concerns about a potential Scarborough Southwest by-election. So, <laughs> so Scarborough Guildwood. Is you know what's what's happening right now, and that's uh, that's Gary Crawford for the PCs, and so someone, uh, a person I don't follow, tweeted. I think it was on Friday or Saturday. They were like, "What's what's the deal with Scarborough Guildwood?" And someone else tagged me and was like, "Hey, this is this is you. You can answer this information." Now, well, uh, I can I ask? What do you mean by what's the deal with Scarborough Guildwood? What what does that mean? Oh, I, sorry. In this case, they just mean, or they very specifically meant, is it winnable for Gary Crawford? I love to so, hear what you have to say. So someone, so someone tagged me in, and so it's like you know, it actually isn't my neck of the woods, but uh, when you look at past election results, uh, the only people who have won it are the liberals. And so my first my first my first answer to that was no, I think it's a pretty safe seat like um I don't I don't think it's a toss up or anything. I don't think anyone's in danger. But uh you know, when I looked closer at some of those results, 2018 uh the difference between Mitzi Hunter and the second place uh PC candidate was less than 100 votes. Like, that is close. And 2018 
the Ontario Liberals were still a party, right? Yeah, 2018. No, that's when they got decimated. Okay, that... Okay, so that was the election that they lost party status. Yeah. So that was the election they came 100 votes from losing. But that means campaigning for that election, they had... They were the party in power. They had that campaign power behind them. And they still almost lost. So... And here's... and. So I've seen that. I'm looking at that. And so, of course, I'm thinking now, you know, the liberals don't have official party status. Uh, It's not an incumbent. You know, it's not Mitzi Hunter running for a seat again. It's all new people. And something that I've seen today, Doug Ford himself is canvassing with Gary Crawford. Does that make you worried? It makes me worried that they're going for it strongly. So now that would then lead to uh, the obvious conversation of Scarborough Southwest. Before we get there, I I, want to pick a little bit at Doug Ford uh, pitching in. Like, does he? I remember there were several by-elections between 2014 and 2018 that Kathleen Wynne helped out with. But she already had a majority, and and Doug Ford's in the same boat. He already has a majority. Why why this seat? Why does this matter? You know, I thought I had that thought too. Very specifically, my thought was, what what does it matter to them if uh, if they gain or don't get the seat at all? And here's my thought: going into next election, the more seats they have the more they have the incumbency advantage. So even if there are areas that they're weaker, they still have that going into these elections. So I I really think that's the main reason they want to go for it so hard, Uh, especially because it's a close liberal PC riding. And if they get a PC candidate in, I think they imagine they could hold on to that seat for a long time. Before we switch to Scarborough Southwest, because I know you want to talk about it, so do I. Um, we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, um, let the people know a former municipal guest, uh, Habiba Desai, who ran for mayor, is running as an independent for Scarborough Guildwood. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's it's the four of them. There may be others I'm not aware of. But yeah, apparently it doesn't it doesn't cost anything to um, to enter federal or provincial. You just need the signatures. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, it's funny enough, uh, when I inquired about f- running federally in the next election, I reached out to Norm DePasquale, and he, he filled me oh. in. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, so he so you already knew that. Yeah. Well, I didn't know it until he told me. Interesting. Because I'm like, Very interesting. I'm like, what do I need, Norm? And uh, I'm like, there's got to be a there's got to be a money uh, contingent like there is when you run for mayor or city council. And he's like, no, there isn't. You just need the signatures. So that's that. Um, there are stricter rules in terms of like if you have enough, if you if you um, if there's enough money, uh, um, if you like, if you get enough donations, then you need to have an auditor and all that. But uh, enough about that. We'll, we'll get to Scarborough Southwest. Our guest is joining us. Oh, all right. We'll come back later.
Sheena. Hi. Welcome to the show, Sheena. Uh, How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Um, <coughs> sorry, I'm a little bit under the weather. I I I, I must commit. I must uh, confess that. Um, just wondering. Sorry, we're a bit of a we're a bit of on a time crunch. I just want to get into it. Yep. Um, you were very active in the mayoral by election. Um, can you tell me uh, if you don't mind? saying so who you supported and and why and and maybe things that you learned during the uh the by-election and and uh you know then we can talk about which candidates are full of shit if if that's <laughs> what you want to do um so i supported chloe brown that's awesome so did i yay and i supported chloe um mostly because um i've been working as an architect for 35 years now, many of them in the city of Toronto, many of them standing at permit counters, trying to get permits or site plan approval or whatever. And so I am very familiar with the pointy end of the city stick when it comes to trying to build housing or anything like that. And it is deplorable. It's just deplorable. And anyone you talk to, they all blame someone else. Like the planners say, oh, you know, that's not us. That's transportation. But transportation is part of site plan approval. I'm supposed to run around between departments trying to get you guys to talk to each other. Like, this is ridiculous. And so my frustration level has been, you know, relatively high over the years. My staff, too. Like, we keep, we keep, um, okay, so this probably shouldn't be public, but we keep a little lists of frustrating times we've had with the city just to make each other feel better. And we, we talk about it, right? And it's not just city of Toronto. It's not, it's a planning um, uh, philosophy or culture that is very patronizing and very sure that it's, it knows what's best for everyone else. And it's not, it's not very outcome oriented. In fact, if you push them, they say, oh, well, that would be, you know, improper for us to, like, I say, you know, know the pond you're fishing in. If you want to catch these fish, otherwise known as affordable housing, you might want to look at this spot, right? And enable those things. They don't. So anyway, that's a long sort of story. But that is my um, impetus often, or my insight that I have for trying to build more housing. So I look at all the candidates. I look at Chloe Brown. Um, Chloe Brown, I know this is totally nerdy, like other people have great reasons why they like her, um, but she wants to rearrange City Hall into seven, or she wanted, I think she still wants, but won't get the opportunity, to rearrange City Hall into seven strong commissions. So she would put all of the people who approve housing in one bucket, and give them one budget and say, here are your outcomes, make it happen. And and I think we really, really need that. And actually, we need the strong mayor powers in order to be able to do that, right? And I know that that will get me shot from the, the lefty guys. Um, they never know where to put me because generally speaking, I kind of agree with the goals of the left. But I kind of disagree. I think how they go about it is never going to get us there. So, so that's kind of frustrating. And um, 
You know, I'm so confused because the left is so well organized and they love to <laughs> not argue with each other. We're so we're so good at finding common ground. <laughs> so Sheena, I'm very confused by your comments. <laughs> so I thought, you know, there's so many good things that she has in mind that she just understands. Like the other candidates, when it comes to um, like as I got to know her better and read more of her stuff, I just got to like her more. Like like Ontario Place. Like I know as as an architect who's tried to do adaptive reuse, like find another use for an existing building because it's the cheapest way to go. She says, yeah, Ontario Place, you know, we should find like, you know, there's the Great Lake Re Great Great Lakes Research Institute. Maybe like they need somebody like that. They need a place to be. It would be perfect. It would have like a public face. It would have a science face. It would have, you know, and it's right on the lake, right where they need to be, all this kind of stuff. So um yeah, that I supported Chloe. And the more that I uh, listened to her, like, I know that there are some things where I think eh, that might not work. But, but mostly, I think she's going in the right direction. And someone said, you know, politics, when you're trying to figure out who to vote for, it's public transit, it's not an Uber. So it's not going to get you to your door, pick someone who's going in generally the direction that you're going in, pick the bus that's going kind of where you're going, take that bus. So there you go. Uh, I wanted fun. to I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things that uh, Rob Davis had pledged if he had won. Mm -hmm. uh, the first thing he was going to do was ban um, uh, Airbnb and Uber putting taking cars off the road and also putting rental units on the market. And I'm just wondering um, if you agree with that philosophy or, or it wouldn't work. Um, I am unfamiliar with the current data. I know that the city put together a plan that essentially you couldn't rent something out unless it was your own residence or part of your own residence. And, and I think that that actually, my understanding is the data showed that that actually helped a lot. Um, I think that when you look at the volume of units that we need, um, the there's there's that little bucket, the Airbnb bucket. There's the there's the um, we have nowhere else to put our money, so we're keeping our house and not putting it on the rental market, but going and living somewhere else. And I know people who are like at retirement age who are doing that because they don't want, they don't actually need the money in that it's paid for. And yes, they have to pay taxes and stuff, minimal hydro, but but they just want to sit on it for a while while they're trying to figure out what to do with their lives. And I know a lot of people demonize those guys, but I sympathize somewhat because there's nowhere for them to move. Like one of my clients is a group of seniors who do not want to move out of their neighborhood because that's where all their volunteering is, all of this stuff, right? All their friends, they want to stay together. We've just finished building a 55 unit apartment building for them. But but that, like people don't think of that. Like, oh, move closer to your kids. Well, that'll take care of Sunday dinner every two weeks, right? Like that's <laughs> Your friends, like just like our friends are the people we hang out with, our parents, our 80-year-old parents, their friends are the people they hang out with. They and they're not as mobile as when they were younger, right? So 
so I kind of sympathize with those guys a little bit because there's no also no housing that they can move into in their neighborhood, right? Or maybe even if they wanted to downsize, it's still it's just like nowhere they can go. There's nowhere they can go. It's hard to it's hard to find a place. It's hard to find a place, you know, whatever a two bedroom, and maybe maybe they could afford it if they sell a a two million dollar house. But and if they're eighty. And if they have a pension and, you know, there's just all this stuff. So, so I think there's the Airbnb bucket, there's the empty house bucket. And, but really there's the fact that we, we have too many people coming to the city and like, I've been various organizations I belong to. I've convinced them to do research papers on housing and it's really, um, it's, it's really the zoning actually does not favor small developments like six stories on the main streets. It favors big developments. So people try to wait until they can accumulate land like on the Danforth. Why has the Danforth been two stories for like 60 years and it's had a subway? Hello. Um, so it's because the zoning is screwed and we could do that individual, right? And so I really think that's where we could get a lot of of housing that we need if we if we want to keep up with the amount the number of people coming to to Toronto right so I don't know so so do I agree I kind of agree with all all housing initiatives but I don't think it's I don't think it's like this the great savior of housing that some people might think it is it's sort of like an and 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 I think it's a pretty small part of the end Phil do you got a question well, actually, I was going to ask you. I didn't realize uh, Rob Davis had said anything about uh, Uber. He did. Like at, he wanted to. He did at one of the uh, one of the debates. Interesting. Yeah, because Uber, he... like, shouldn't we be trying to get like all all of the nutcases in my ward who are against like the Young Street bike lanes? And I met one, I actually um, canvassed, not not this uh, mayoral election, but a previous election where I was running, I canvassed the bridal path, okay? Um, and I met one lady who was like, oh yes, my grandchildren want me to vote green. But you know what? I hate bike lanes. Like when I go to my exercise class, I almost get run over. So I voted conservatively. Um <laughs> What inspires us? What inspires us? So I, I, but I think it's bike lanes, honestly, and and maybe that's because of my own personal situation. Um, I don't um, like it would really change my lifestyle if I put like eighty thousand dollars into a car, like really, and and even you know, like the car that I own um, is a two thousand and four Toyota Echo which was $16,000 when it was purchased. And that's kind of what I think we should spend on a car. So, so there's no, there's no, like Toyota said, they, they recently had a breakthrough, but so where am I going with this? Where I'm going with this is I don't think cars are the answer. I am, I've been a cyclist for many years. Um, I cycle to work today, 22 miles round trip, 22 kilometers round trip. Um, the, you know, it's, it's quite possible, quite pleasant. Uh, even in the rain, it's quite pleasant. So 
So, and I do think that's, if we make it safer so that um, you don't have to be some kind of an urban warrior mentality to cycle. So kids can cycle and people who are a bit wobbly can cycle. That's where we're going to be able to afford it. I just got, by the way, it just got delivered um, a conversion kit for my bicycle. So I got a new oh, nice. front wheel with a motor on it and a battery. So I'm hoping to go four days a week to work on my new electric bike. Um, and I really think that that's how we're going to fit everyone on the roads. And I think Uber, like, no, I disagree with that. Like, there might be some discussion about Uber and taxis and whether or not, and that whole thing is not a disruption. It was, I don't know if you've ever read Cory Doctorow, but he made a lot of things clear, clarified a lot of things for me in terms of choke point capitalism. So like move over, break things, disrupt things. But all they're doing is figuring out how to get a chunk of money for themselves out of one industry after another, right? And so I have problems with Uber, but it's not that. we People, people need to be like have one car on the road, just driving people places, right? It's, it makes Absolutely. sense to me. Um, I can't remember which candidate it was, but one candidate came up with an idea of putting a portion of the Gardner Expressway underneath, I guess, in a tunnel. I'd love to hear your opinion on that, given you're qualified to answer that. <laughs> I think it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but well, can't get of, more direct than that. <laughs> in terms of logistics, it's not logistical, is what you're saying. I'm also, it's not like people who say things like that haven't done an ounce of research. Like the city doesn't own the land under the gardener; they own some of it. Like the bit that's on top of the lakeshore, they definitely own the lakeshore. It's a road allowance, right? But they don't, I've done projects. I did a project for Whittington Properties, which was the former name of the Loblaws uh, development group. And we were trying to build a Loblaws under the garden. And the the city had an easement around the columns that was like a meter all the way around. And they had an easement underneath it. And that was it. Like we could build a building under there. So not only do you have the expense of actually digging down and and I moving the stuff that is in that road, which is probably less than, say, Eglinton, but you also have the fact that you don't own it all. So you're going to have to buy bits of it, which is going to be pretty expensive. Yeah, I wish I remembered. Jurisdiction. <laughs> Jurisdiction is the ultimate bullshit. <laughs> I don't actually, I don't actually mean that in like the grand theme of it. But Sheena, you need to understand. I work as a, I work as a concierge in a condo. Okay. And I'm just thinking of like, of like these little things where it's like, you know, the parts of the building that belong to the building and the parts that belong yes. to the condo owners. Yes. And just yes. So, oh my god! It's like the front door is is the that's the building's uh, obligation and the inside part of the door is the condo owner. Yeah. It, it feels like that's what you're talking about here with like yes. the gardener. And yes. you'd think it would be so much simpler. Like it's just, it's in the city. You'd think it'd just be the city. Yeah, we can do this. No, no. And <laughs> some of those condo things are really vicious. 
Like I remember working on some of them thinking this is so important and no one's watching us. Like the people who end up owning the condos, you can make their life hell or you can make their life slightly less hell by how you set up those boxes, right? And yeah, it's it's kind of wild. So I'd love to get your your opinion on Ontario Place. Um, apparently, Doug Ford's just going to expropriate the land if the if they can't come to some sort of agreement. Um, I, I'd love to know your your logistically. That I mean, I guess they can move the science center as well and and make it a smaller science center. Uh, anything you want to say on on Ontario Place? I'd love to hear it. So, um, I don't get the Science Center at all. I mean, they've been starving it for money, but its attendance is back up after COVID. It's in a ravine. You cannot build housing in a ravine. And if he is going to change that, then all bets are off. Because we got the ravines after Hurricane Hazel, which was like, 1958 or something no no it was yes yeah, something like that and um maybe a bit earlier and so and that was because so many homes were wiped out right the the water just came down the ravine and every everything got wiped out in front of it and so it's not good for housing they have a building this is something that's generally a problem with government i think in everywhere like so Doug so we've been building airports across the country for example we've been ripping down perfectly good airports and building new ones why because some people make money building airports and so they roll in and convince you that it would be like marginally better the people who are left with a huge mortgage and the people who built the airport leave with a pot of money and we're doing that with hospitals and we're doing it like schools can always get money to build a new school. They can't get money to maintain an old one. And we have some gems of schools that are being torn down. And I can tell you that in terms of cost effectiveness, the sweet spot is often in an existing building. Like, don't tell me, you know, the doorknobs don't work anymore. Like, go away. The, our, our schools haven't changed that much that we can't. We can't, even if we want to put doors between classrooms or we want to open up class, we want, there's so many things you can do, right? Where you've already got the structure paid for, you've got the foundation paid for, you've got, you know, but we don't. And that is because the construction industry, my industry, makes money building new buildings. And Doug Ford is off announcing new hospitals. Do you realize, and I know I'm going to get really nerdy here, and I'm sorry, because I talk to so many people about this and their eyes glaze over, like, including political parties like the NDP, the liberal, the conservatives set up infrastructure Ontario. The liberals just adopted it with a smile and kept going. And now the conservatives have it on overdrive. And it is this thing whereby all of the, all of the costs are hidden. And I know from inside my industry, when, when they first started doing it, they'd say like, we, we built a hospital under the old system. It costs this. Now, under the new system, it costs three times as much. And the government said, oh, well, now it's got maintenance and stuff on it. It is like the worst way to build things. 
but is the best way to hide mistakes that the government has come up with. <laughs> and it is the best way to funnel money. Like, one year that I looked not, I can't remember what year, but fairly recently, I don't think it's changed that much. One construction company was getting most of the province's big projects, and that's Alice Dawn. Like over 50%. Oh, one company is getting over 50%. And so you look at this and you say, how exactly is that happening? It's all because they said, oh, Infrastructure Ontario is a private corporation. We don't have to tell you anything about what happens inside this black box. The few things they did say was they said, well, you know, we have to pay more for interest. The banks are getting a big cut out of these projects, right? But one of the things that government has is low interest rates. They can borrow at really low rates, but they were giving that up and giving it to the private sector and it was costing more. And I know for a fact that the system of doing it, like when we design buildings, particularly complex buildings, we do a program at the beginning, which is like, how many rooms do you need? How big are they? How close do they have to be to other rooms? How do you work together? How does the flow go? You're like, you start to document it and then you build that into the new building, right? They wouldn't do that. They they had compliance. There's more work for architects. They had compliance architects and project architects, but they couldn't actually talk to each other. So you you wouldn't end up having a conversation with the users. And then once they got the final, the project architects, and then the users started to see it, there were huge changes. I know during construction, they flipped in one hospital, Humber, I think, they flipped the cafeteria and surgery or something because the it was in the wrong spot. Like during construction, this is the most expensive time to do that kind of stuff, right? And so all of this, but can I stand up and say that I know I know that you are a public facing podcast and I know that someone might see this and see me, but, but because try to get real information, like I got that information from a, um, a presentation that, um, uh, not Ellis Don number two. Oh God, I can't remember. My brain is not working, but, uh, PCL. So PCL was making on the Humber hospital. And so they're just saying this, that, the next thing. And I'm looking at this thinking, but wait a minute. That's a huge change. Do you get paid for that change? Yes, they get paid for that change. And that's what this whole system is supposed to not do, sort of run away changes at the most expensive part. We are being saddled. You are being saddled because you're way younger than I am. You are being saddled with this debt because that debt, it ends up coming off the provincial books, right? And then goes into operating. So why don't we have enough nurses? What? Because we're building all these buildings that we don't need. We're knocking down old buildings. We're building new buildings. And, and we're just getting a new mortgage. It's like if every 30 years I knocked down my house and I built a new house and I took a brand new mortgage out. Like, this is craziness. This is what the provincial government is doing. And it's... And so do I, am I surprised that Doug Ford showed up one day with this brilliant idea of tearing down the science center because he could use, they've already given away most of the parking lot for condos, okay? So there's a small part of it that is not in the ravine. So is he really throwing away probably half a billion dollars if we rebuilt the science center, which they're not gonna do, but it's probably worth half a billion dollars paid off mortgage 
there is no debt on that building. And we're going to knock most of it down because a small part of it might be able to take a condo. And is the condo paying for knocking buildings down? Knocking a house down costs $30,000. Knocking that science center, it's like a tank. And it's, you know, it's perfectly suited to what it does. So Chloe was saying, oh, we should have a forestry. Uh, we should augment it. Like we should put more stuff there, not less. Now, I know that the federal government is putting out Forestry Institute in the Rouge River Valley. But um, but there must be something like that, right? But I mean, even even if we had to lose the Science Center as a kind of as a community place there, there's no reason that that building itself couldn't be retrofitted to be anything else, really, because it's it's a beautiful building. It's in a great location. Like, I love that iconic ravine like bridge. Why are we giving up the fact that the Science Center? Yes, the community likes it. But practically every school kid in Toronto has gone to the Science Center. Whenever I have volunteered for some reason to look after somebody who's under 10 years old, my first go-to is the science center. Like <laughs> it's like good for four hours. It's perfect. So that's oh, a great place. It's a great place. And and add throw in one of those 3D movies and you're a hero. So like, and it's not, it is precisely good for what it is. You couldn't turn it into almost anything else because when you turn buildings from one use to another, you have to pick a use that's the same. So hospitals to housing, schools to housing, offices to housing, you lose a bit in the middle, but if it's cheap, you probably win in the end. But but the science center, it's got too much floor space without windows for a lot of uses, right? And by the way, the science center is, it's not dying, right? It's a viable use. It doesn't need to be smaller. It's it's just like, let's start with, we need a science, like we need a science center. What, especially at a time like this, you know, of course I know Doug Ford doesn't believe in science or you can tell because he doesn't believe in climate change and he keeps doing stupid things. And so it's probably inconvenient if any of the rest of us know anything about science. But, but you know, I think that it's the stupidest thing going. For the whole province, it's the stupidest thing going. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm just aware of our time just because uh, we're on a new thing now here with this Zoom. So okay. we've got about two and a half minutes left. Um, so I just wanted to thank you for coming on and... Uh, Anything else that you want to add, uh, I'll give you the floor. Um, maybe future plans. Are you going to run again? Oh, yeah, I'm running again. Green I'm, federally. I'm already the green candidate federally. Yeah. Amazing. So, and so, and we've got plans for how we're going to make that work better. Um, one thing I would like to say about the municipal election is that at the beginning, we thought, oh, ranked ballot, which would be good. But in the end, the populace, I think, the populace was just waiting. The undecided were waiting, and they effectively did ranked ballot. Like, they kind of thought, okay, who's the best bet in my lane? And they all went to that lane. So if we could, you know, but that's another that's another improvement 
I just, I just think that like I'm collecting, I intend to run again. And if I, um, and hopefully I will run again provincially and, um, who knows, maybe even municipally, but the, because I think that it's important to speak truth to power, particularly around climate action and none of them, including the, the liberals are probably the farthest ahead federally, provincially they're duds, but federally they're probably, Ted Sue is probably the best provincially, but so watch that space, see if he wins. I doubt it. The, the, power-hungry guys in the Liberal Party are going to prevent that from happening. But Yeah, the um, Krombus is amassing great power. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I don't think so. But, you know, I think that I just, I, as a as a matter of interest, I've been reading um, Fire Weather. I was just on holiday and I've read most of a book called Fire Weather. And it's just, you know, it's astounding. We There's these two solitudes of people like me who are like, you know, we get gifts from our ancestors. We give them to the next generation and we are just fucking up so badly. And it's like two solitudes. Most people don't get it. They just, it's, it's appalling. It's amazing. It's, it's you know, it's, what else can you say? I just want to thank you so much for coming on. I think we're going to lose feed here in about a minute, okay. uh, less than a minute, but uh, thank you so much for coming on and uh, you're welcome on the show anytime. And that was Sheena Sharp. Uh, sorry, uh, Sheena, for it getting cut off. Uh, this is the way it's going to be just for a few weeks until we can figure out how to make it go back the other way. <laughs> we'll have to get her back because uh, she's very interesting. I, I liked uh, I liked what she had to say. Yeah, Green Party. I I guess I mean I guess I should have I should have figured the Green Party. You know they do do good things. The problem is is that nobody votes for them because they don't think they're going to win. I think you see strategic voting more so provincially and federally than anywhere else. Well, I want the Green Party, but I don't think they're going to win. So I don't like the Conservatives. So I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote Liberal. And, and usually the two losers of strategic voting are NDP and the Green Party. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, now that they've stuck around for a few elections, uh, you know, the PPC, not that I want to, you know, boost them or give them legitimacy, but they suffered the same thing as well. Like, they're not going to get any seats under a first-past-the-post system. You know, they should be they should be first in line to be pushing uh, electoral reform. You would you would think at least Maxim Bernier would get a seat, but I guess not. You'd think. So we were talking before Sheena came on about um, about the Scarborough Guildwood uh, by election, and you were going to make some comments on how it relates to Scarborough Southwest. I'd love the for you to finish that thought. So I've got. I want to say I've got mixed, <laughs> conflicting feelings, and to start us off on on the immediate jump. Yes, I absolutely do want to run. Like I, I want to be city councilor. I, I have ideas that I, I'd like to push that I don't know if anyone else running is interested in pushing. And my big example I want to say is my anti-police position. You know, um, I would compare. I would say, for example, my closest 
political kind of analog in Scarborough Southwest in the last municipal election was probably uh, <clears throat> Kevin Rupesing, you know, probably. Or Corey David, you know, we, we chatted and we found that we we were on the same page for on a lot of stuff. But, uh, you know, there's a there's a part of me that's worried that I wouldn't that it would be hard for me to get support uh, in Scarborough Southwest over another progressive candidate. And I am I guess I'm specifically talking about Kevin. You know, I, I feel like he's most likely to get endorsed by Progress Toronto, uh, you know, NDP, Stop the Split, you know, yeah, but, all but, these kind but. of like leftist groups. But but they don't have a podcast where we have worldwide listeners, <laughs> and 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 well, that's true. And on the other on the other side of it, what's to stop Doug Ford from parachuting a candidate in? Say, Mark Saunders. Oh my God! Could you imagine if Mark Saunders ran for city council in Scarborough Southwest? That would be embarrassing. Uh oh! I hope I didn't uh, speak that into existence. <laughs> We'll, we'll have to see. So, like, okay, like, I feel like my thoughts are complicated because it, like, I'm not just saying that there's a part of me that I shouldn't go for it because, you know, there are these factors that mean I, I won't or can't win. A, that's not true, like, that I couldn't win. But also, B, I think, I think my problem is there's a part of me that thinks I want more time to be able to, like, build up my profile to be more kind of like well-known in my community, I'd like to spend some time getting some things done. I'd like to do get some projects happening in my community. And the funny thing is in my mind, I'm like, Oh, you know, who would make a great easy partner to get stuff done because I know they know how to get stuff done. It's fucking Kevin Rupesing. So it's like, here's, here's the hard thing. Okay. As you can tell, I clearly like and respect him so much. And and my thought is, even if I thought to myself, you know, maybe a by-election comes up, right, you know, we'll know in a month. We'll know if Gary Crawford wins or loses on the 27th, like less than a month. We've got three weeks until we learn the fate of, of this ward. And that's, there would be a part of me that would think, maybe I sit this this potential by-election out and I go and I support, for example, Kevin Rupesing, you know, work, be a part of his campaign and also kind of like more figure out how it is that you run campaigns. But again, at the same time, you know, I don't, I don't know what Kevin's position is on the police. I know in the last municipal election, he didn't speak at all about it. I don't know if that was strategic. And in my mind, I don't know. I've got complicated feelings. And at the same time, if I sit this by-election out, Kevin wins. Then he goes to the next city council election in 2026. He's got an incumbency advantage. What about Parthy? I've got complicated feelings, Matthew. What about Parthy? Listen, yeah, I know. Uh... <laughs> Moreover than that, I mean, you are the one between the two of us with an anti-police stance i just want them to be fiscally responsible which i mean if is, is is i don't think that's too much to ask from our police uh but anyway 
you're the one with the anti-police stance. And my question to you is, is there an appetite for that even now with, I don't know, daily attacks on the on the TTC? You saw the video. That's a good point. That's no, 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 that's a good point. And that's what's so frustrating, because, again, as I've I've said out loud before, you know, it's my understanding and my belief that police aren't the solution to this problem. The issue, and that's, listen, this conversation isn't about what is, what will or will not solve the problem. This conversation is about the perception of what will make people safer, not necessarily what will actually make people safer. So you're right. Coming in swinging, right? Say the by-election happens right now, and I'm going out there to the doors, you know, hey, I'm Philip Mills. I want to be your city council. Oh, by the way, a cab. What up? <laughs> you know, it's like in this, and the perception, of course, to a lot of people is, you know, there's this safety perception in the city that everything's kind of going off the rails. Now we could have a longer conversation about the truth, you know, of all that, but it's like, but the perception is that Toronto isn't safe. And to a lot of people, their understanding of public safety is that means we need more police. It's, I feel like that's a public perception thing that it's, it's hard to fight. And and that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, You know, when people talk about defunding the police, they actually think it means no more police. No, it doesn't mean that. I think it's it's a hybrid of holding them responsible and also getting their fucking finances under control. They're the only entity who can say fuck city council and and have the budget be whatever they want. Uh, it, it, now, I may be wrong, but as far as I'm concerned, the, 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 the firemen can't do that. The ambulance can't do that. City garbage men can't do that. And what's crazy is I would respect firemen who did that, who are just like, that's not enough. Fuck you. Because, again, who nobody writes songs about firemen. Or, you know, sorry, nobody writes songs about firemen being bastards. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> it's just across the board, you know. I also think, you know, this is a shot out of the dark and a, a little bit changes the subject. I apologize. But I also think it's friggin' uh, a conflict of interest for city council to vote on their own raises. Same, same with... Uh, same with uh, MPPs. It should always be the level above. The level above. I mean, theoretically speaking. Well, and I, I think the hard thing comes, though, then, Matthew, who votes, for example, for the for MPs getting a raise? That is a good point. And, but, but, but it's interesting that you brought up the raise thing. And um, because as I've, I think I've, I've told you before that I, I talked to the the president of the Toronto Center Conservative <laughs> Writing. Uh, it's a it's a whole thing. Uh, he's a nice guy, even though we don't we are not politically aligned. Um, but he, one of his things, one of his biggest things, like 
after the last municipal election, it was actually very funny. Um, it was Ozma and Chris Moyes, so Ward 10 and Ward 13. Or is that Ward 10 and Ward 11? Uh, Ward 13 and Ward 10, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they were having like a bit of a budget thing. And so I was watching it. I was, or sorry, I was listening to it online at home, and I could hear a guy badgering them about their the raises they had just given themselves and and i heard this voice and i was just like is that joe that's that's the name of the guy and uh sure enough the next day i asked him if he was there and it was him it was so funny um so much of politics is perception you know realistically you know these jobs You'd expect most jobs to get raises. And no, and to be clear, this is not me justifying the raise. In fact, it's the perception of during the municipal election, a lot of the things that were talked about were cost of living, affordability, just everything being hard. So it you have that perception when as soon as you come out of that election, you give yourself a raise. That is a bad look. Especially since you spent the election harping down on affordability and you're going to do this and you're going to do that and a line by line audit. That's why um, I think it was, was it Matt Elliott or somebody else said anybody who talks about a line by line audit is full of shit or is not serious or I can't remember what it was exactly, but I, I've said it on a previous episode, um, either this podcast or the last one. Um but yeah, I don't understand why you can't be taken seriously. A line-by-line -line audit does need to be done, no matter who's the mayor. Olivia Chow should be doing it right now. Um, speaking of Olivia Chow, you know, I, you know how I, I come from the sports world, so I want to fantasy pick her, 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 the people she's gonna lean on, like. Um, so I, I want speaker? us speaker, budget chief, deputy mayor. I want you to pick. I want you to go first, and then I'm gonna go. Okay, you know, <laughs> solid, solid question because we know it's coming. I I feel like her deputy mayor, and I'm saying this. I, I'm gonna say it. It's partially biased, but I I think I think she might be the most impressive counselor currently. And it's Alejandra Bravo. I think she's the deputy mayor. Do they politically align? Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, speaker and budget. You know what? Actually, I wouldn't have thought this, but now that I'm thinking about it, especially based on his um, his campaign plans, why wouldn't why couldn't Josh Matlow be the budget chief? Like a lot of a lot of his campaigning was financial stuff. Um, and then speaker, jokingly, I want to say me <laughs> again, um, you know, with uh, the Josh Matlow pull of <laughs> who says you need to be elected to be the speaker, uh, apparently Toronto City Council. Um, the funny thing is, I think I keep thinking uh, Ozma Malik to be speaker, but I'm not. I'm not really sure what qualifies or what would make someone 
want to be in the position of speaker or even what makes the position of speaker special. So I guess I'm not really sure who I'd pick to be speaker. You want me to go? Yeah. Okay, so for for budget chief, I would actually I don't know if they politically align. These are these are called fantasy picks, okay? They're fantasy picks. It's Fantasy City Hall. For budget chief, I would pick Gord Perks. For deputy mayor, I would pick Josh Matlow. Listen, we're all big fans of our boy Josh Matlow. And wherever he can get, whatever he can get with this new mayor, I support him. And for speaker, for a couple of reasons, which I'll tell you, I pick Amber Morley. Nice. Okay. Again, we respect everybody here, but I can't help. I'm sorry. I'm going to be critical. I can't listen to Francis Nunziata one more second. Her she, voice no, she is can't like, be, no, she cannot be the speaker anymore. Please, praise be to God or whatever you want to choose to have be your praise to. Make her not the speaker. Her voice is Please. like nails on a chalkboard, and I'm just tired of it. And she's been the speaker, what, all through the Rob Ford years, all through the John Tory years. She's been sitting at that friggin' desk since 2010. I don't think she had, you know, where all the, the council seats are. I don't th- even think she has a seat there. <laughs> she doesn't need it anymore. She's got the speaker um, chair. The reason, the other reason that I would pick uh, Amber Morley is it gets her the fuck away from Councillor Thompson. I think it's inconsiderate considering what he's being charged for that the person sitting next to him is Councillor Morley. I don't know if anyone's picked up on that. You know, I haven't. I don't know how the seats get assigned. No, no, but but when you see it, right, you see Councillor Thompson's there at the end, and right next to him is Councillor Morley. I don't understand why, because he's 21 and she's three. I don't get it. Why wouldn't it be like one, yeah, two, weird. three, four? I don't understand that. But Speaking, actually, interestingly, <clears throat> speaking of Councillor Thompson, there's a bit of it's hard to tell how big of a scandal these things are on Twitter, you know, with the famous adage, Twitter is in real life. So, again, I don't know how big of a role this is playing in real life Toronto politics. Um, but Chris Moyes had, uh, Ward 10 city councilor, had posted some pictures Ward 13. Uh, with him. He's is Ward he, 13. Is there Toronto? Chris Moyes is Ward 13. Oh, oh Ward 10. Is, okay, okay. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Uh, anyways, Chris Moyes uh, was posed for a picture with uh, both Michael Thompson and John Tory at uh, the Taste of Lawrence. Yes. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, that was this weekend. And so former NDP MPP Suze Morrison had made a comment basically saying, like, you know, you're do you not get why posing for a picture with Michael Thompson is a bad look sort of thing. And he basically was just like, um, you know, I'm, I'm here as counselor and, and my work speaks for itself. (laughs) I, so I made a, a community meme, the show community. I made a community meme, uh, for that moment. And uh, I don't know if you know the original moment in the show. Did you ever watch Community? No, I've never seen one minute. 
<laughs> you should. It's a great show. Um, so it's two characters. It's uh, Britta and Shirley. And so the funny thing is I can't even remember the, what the context is in the show. But Britta says the line, I can excuse racism, but I draw the line at animal cruelty. So then Shirley, of course, responds with, you can excuse racism. <laughs> so so I had taken that and uh, and I made that into, I can excuse sexual misconduct, but I draw the line at having my progressiveness questioned. So that's Chris Moisey. Oh. Uh. Something tells me that uh, that picture will probably disappear soon. You think so? Well, I mean, isn't he due back in court soon? Oh, shit. Oh, that's a good point. That is a good point. I didn't. And I think recently he had like fired his legal team. So I think things were going badly for him. They probably want him to go one way and he doesn't want to go that way. It, it depends on how strong of a case they have. I, I don't know. I can't speak to that because um, we, we only know the very, very broad strokes of of the complaint in the first place. And we don't know how far along it is. We don't know if the witnesses are agreeing to testify against him. We don't know if this is a slam dunk case. I guess we're going to have to, <clears throat> again, wait with bated breath and find out. Um, maybe... <laughs> Maybe there will be two by-elections this year. Oh, that's going to be a bombshell episode if uh, something comes of that. There's already going to be a, a, a by-election for mayor of Mississauga. That's going to be fun. So, Wait, why, why, why is that? Bonnie Crombie's running for Ontario Liberal Leader. Remember? Wait, does, she, does she have to drop out as mayor? I think she said she was going to resign. I don't know exactly when that's going to take place. Interesting. Interesting. I wasn't aware. Philip Mills for mayor of Mississauga. Oh, shit. Listen, bring me there. Who? Listen, none of you other fuckers want to run, so it's up to me to be the mayor of Mississauga. You just have to establish residency. We can get that done. I know people. We can get that done done we listen we can get that done it's fine so to uh to close out today i mean uh, at the top of the episode i said uh did you have something political you want to talk to or or something personal and i had a i had a question you know we're going to be fielding questions soon enough from our listeners but you know we never told each other our favorite movie let's start there you must have a favorite movie. I must have a favorite movie. That is true. I won't make fun of you, I promise. As long as you don't make fun well, of me. Listen, I'm this isn't <coughs> me contemplating if I like have a an embarrassing choice. I'm trying to think of one. Because I feel like I've never even just thought of it. You know what? Actually, uh that's wrong. Uh a movie I've quoted more than any other um i've i've had my own bits with my friends it's the original i say the 2008 iron man movie the start of the marvel cinematic universe i love tony stark tony stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps i love that shit oh 
I love ah. that movie. I love Good that movie. movie. And I I love uh well the second Thor sucked and, and I'm not a fan of Captain Marvel or Black Panther, but the rest of them were amazing. <laughs> uh the second Ant Man sucked too. Uh but you know, I watched them all when we do the rewatch. I don't watch the shows like the like the um what's that fucking Agents of Shield? Yeah, I don't watch that shit. Which I, I don't even think that's canon anymore. I don't know which shows are like part of the continuity. No, no, no it is. It is. So is it? So so if you go on Disney Plus, um, they have a Marvel Cinematic Universe in timeline order. Oh shit! Okay. So I think cool. the first. So I think the first movie is actually Captain Marvel because that's in timeline. Oh yeah, order. yeah, because it's in the nineties. Yeah. And then Captain America, the first movie. Uh, I think that's next, and then there's some Agent of Shield in there, and some yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Um, oh, okay. So Matthew, <clears throat> here's an important question before you tell me your favorite movie. Which Marvel movies do you skip on your rewatch? I, I think. Well, see, no, I would normally skip Thor two, but I watched it this time. Um, you know, I was and, thinking Thor two. I was like immediately. I'm oh, like, Thor Dark World, garbage. I watch half of. The Incredible Hulk, and I. Oops. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Can that's I, why, can I tell that's you why my the favorite fucking, thing that's about? That's why the fucking thing don't work anymore because you're dropping it. <laughs> can I tell you my favorite thing about the 2008 Incredible Hulk movie? I'd love to hear it. It's so accurate to the to the life of a security guard. Bruce Banner gives a pizza to the security guard, lets him right on in. One hundred percent fact. Um, I skip the last part of the Incredible Hulk because I just don't care. Uh, I, I like Again, you're fine. That's in the first half of the movie, and that's all you need to see. Exactly, and then um, <clears throat> I honestly I skip Black Panther. Um, really? I I still have not seen the first Black Panther all the way through. Um. Just, I keep falling asleep. It's kind of like The Godfather. Every time I watch The Godfather, I fall asleep. Uh, <laughs> um, I know a lot of people probably don't like that, but it's true. <laughs> and then, um, let's see, there's, uh, uh, yeah, I skipped the second Ant-Man. I love the first Ant-Man. It's freaking amazing. I love it. Uh, but the second one is here's here's the thing someone someone had pointed out I don't know if you saw the third Ant Man movie which I actually think is I enjoyed it enough. I fell asleep like I fell asleep during it so don't spoil it I'm gonna watch it listen, right now I'm, I'm not trying gonna to spoil it listen so uh, before you say that so I was gonna skip the second Black Panther as well because I skipped the first one and then um, my brother in law I, I, we were talking to him one day and I'm like. What the fuck? They have all the next characters. Who's going to be the next Iron Man? And, and he's like, uh, Riri Williams. And I'm like, well, what movie is she in? And he's like, Black Panther 2. You haven't seen Wakanda forever, <laughs> have you? And I'm like, no. And he's like, well, you know, I'm not going to tell you anything, but you should probably go back and watch that. So I'm, I'm trying to get through that right now. So I the one, one of the things that's a shame in some <clears throat> of their one of the fun things about MCU movies, especially pre, I want to say Endgame, was how so many of them tried to be like their own distinct genre of movie 
or like try to do something really unique. What was fun about the original Ant-Man was kind of the the visual style they went with with the size difference of everything. You know, when he shrinks down and everything's comically large and it's the battle between him and I forgot the is it Yellow Jacket? Yeah. I forget. Yeah. And you know, they're on the train set. Like that's that's really cool. And they mostly ignore that in two and three. Like another I want to say another good example of that is the first Doctor Strange movie where it's like it's supposed to be this visual like just mess. I don't want mess in a good way. Like it's it's visually like insane. And the second movie kind of does away with all that the visual stuff. Yeah. Definitely because by the time the second one comes you've already seen him in Civil War. Yeah. Um and you so know Matthew, what? wait, what's your favorite movie? Sorry. I I we got oh, the MCU stuff is fun, but well, I don't think in, an MCU movie is your favorite movie. Well, in the MCU, my favorite movie would have would be Endgame. I love that movie. I watch it all the time. Um, it's a good movie. <clears throat> I love it. And before that, it was Infinity War, and you can't. I, I I'll watch them back to back without watching anything in between. Um, but non. See, I, I love movies so much. I have favorite movies, and I have guilty pleasures. I can't help it. Um, Ooh. So start my, with you should do one favorite, one guilty pleasure because I'm curious. I'm gonna get ragged on this, but I don't care. So I am a sucker for rom com. I can't help it. I love that shit. Um, and uh, I love she's the man, Amanda Bynes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be my guilty pleasure, along with, you know, uh, it's going to sound really bad, but uh, 13 Going on 30, I fucking love that movie. <laughs> and also, um, uh, what's the fucking other one? Uh, uh, oh, from 1999, have you ever seen a movie called Blast from the Past? Brendan Fraser and Alicia Silverstone. You gotta watch. Holy that. shit, those are those are some classic names. I love that movie. That movie, I'm mad enough to admit, I get a little teary eyed for that movie. You know, the funny thing was uh, when I was scrolling through my list of movies uh, to potentially pick for a favorite, I thought I'd probably be stepping on my brother's toes, but I was thinking Back to the Future. So for my favorite movie of all time. It's it's so hard because it's very close, but I have to say, Bad Santa too. It's even better than the first one, even though I love the first one. I love it. You can't say think... you can't say any of that shit now. Like I, I don't think you can get away with it. But I love. I think they filmed Bad Santa too at St. James Park. They did. I think so. And I no, I'm it. crazy. Nope, nope. I'm. I'm I'm thinking of something else. I don't know what it is, but it's not that sanitive. Oh, you know what? Actually, yes. And it yeah. is it's definitely one of those uh, you know, if you're with it, you're with it. And if you're not, you think they're a huge dark. Uh so one hundred percent uh with with the right amount of personal embarrassment, I admit 
that I am obsessed with Doctor Who. Who? I'm kidding. <laughs> I've heard of the show. I've never. That would seen, be great. I've never seen one minute of it. Um, it's it's so fun, and the thing is, I've got I'm behind a whole season. And there's like specials I can catch up on. But what I'm waiting for is I'm pretty sure they're going to bring the whole series to Disney Plus. And I'm waiting for them to do that. I've been waiting for them to do that all 2023. So that's like seven months now. Disney Plus, I just want to watch Doctor Who and, you know, as conveniently as possible, please. Um, For me, it's always going to be <clears throat> Married with Children. Have you ever seen that movie, that show? Oh, yeah. It's my all-time favorite. I have other favorites, but if I have to pick only one, it's that one. I love that show. I remember when oh. I was a, when I was a kid, I used to want to. I used to. I used to try to piss my mother off. That was it. Was a game I would play. How far can I push her to piss her off? And I used to like put my hand in my pants like Al Bundy, and she used to like. She was gonna like ground me from the show, and she actually did that a few times, and. And I would just sneak off and try to watch it somewhere else. And I just, I just, I love Ooh. the character of Al Bundy. I, I love that show. But anyway, I have a couple of alternative answers oh, to this TV show question uh, that I want to get out because it occurs to me. I said Doctor Who. I was like, I'm positive. I'm there. I'm landing on it. And as an indecisive person, I, I need to feel guilty for the TV shows I didn't name, like as if they have feelings. Which I know they don't, but the other two shows, in fact, I, I say Doctor Who's my favorite. That's the one I'm most looking forward to for Disney Plus to put on so I can watch it all over again. But at the moment, there's no convenient place to watch those shows. So the shows that I like put on the TV to either enjoy or just have the background noise is either uh, I Think You Should Leave, the Netflix comedy show, or uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I've heard of that. You one. aren't watch. You need to watch that show, Matthew. It's so good. Um, it's so the other, good. The other one, since we're naming uh, backups, I love this show. It 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 emo I always remember something if it makes me feel something. Since we're talking about feelings, and when I watch a show, it's called The Fosters. It's on Disney Plus. Mm. It emotes emotion, and I can't help. I love that show. I, I just I can't even explain it. You'd have to go in, and um, I got a question for you, real quick, because we're we're running out of time here. When you watch your show, right? Do you and and the 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 song and the and the beginning comes on? Do you fast forward through the song, or do you listen to it? Depends on depends on the show. Depends on the mood. See, when I watch The Fosters, if I'm watching it with someone uh, who likes to fast forward through it, I get pissed off. I can't do that. I have to listen to the song every time because it's part of emoting the emotion of the moment. That's a lot of feelings. But I think it's a good time to end there. Um, and, of course, we want to thank our listeners. Um I don't think we're going to do the list this week. I think you guys know who you are. Uh, <laughs> we're going to answer more questions next week. Uh, so send your questions in. You can email them at uh, the municipals pod at yahoo.com. You can send them on Twitter to either me or Phil or the show account. Uh, I think it's 
Yeah, I mean, you'll find us on Twitter. Fuck. One thing I wanted to ask before we get off here. Uh, we got about three minutes. Are you joining Threads? Are you not? Or do you think we should? Or Oh, interesting. Interesting question. I feel like I feel like there are interesting thoughts about that. I'm I'm personally personally I'm waiting for Blue Sky, an invite from Blue Sky. Um Is that a person? There are a lot of what's that? What what is blue? You're waiting for blue it's stuff. Just, it's 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 just another Twitter app, you know. There's a million of them going. Here's the thing with Threads. If you have a if you have an ideological opposition to Facebook, obviously you don't want to sign up for Threads. I don't I don't view it that strongly. I have an Instagram account, but I don't use it. And for some reason, that's enough for me to be like. Well, I don't want to start a new thing that'll be tied to my Instagram account that I don't want to use. So, for whatever reason, I'm not using Threads. Not, I have no issue with it. I don't know anything about it. I don't know if it's a shitty or a good platform. Uh, I'm just not using it currently. And I think that's a good uh, good way to end here. And uh, you know, Phil and I will be back next week with a brand new episode. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk about the coronation of Olivia Chow and everything that goes. And we'll be able to answer. It won't just be fantasy picks. We'll be able to answer who are who's going to fill those roles. And we'll be able to do that next week. Um, real quick, are you uh, going to be at the at the uh, I don't know. Is it a fucking is she being sworn in at a city council meeting or is it like a special I think it's a it's a special swearing in kind of ceremony. It is in the city council's chambers. No, I won't be there because it's at eleven a.m. Damn it! <laughs> Why can't they <laughs> know. do shit after work? I know, I know, I hear you. All right, so <laughs> I'm sick. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. You know, for Phil and for Sheena. Thank you again for listening, and we will see you guys with fresh content next week. This is the municipal. Have you been paying attention to, like, city stuff? Don't vote, can't bitch. Sorry to, uh, to point that finger at you. My answer was that would be yes and no. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it, and two, you're robbing them of their, their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to uphold. Uh,